the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I've been waiting to preach the first Sunday in Advent since approximately the 24th of March. It was after the initial shock of the uh, pandemic, the early days of the shutdown, and that was probably about the time I got the first question, when do you think we're going to come back to church? And I remember what I said. Well, maybe four to six weeks, and if we're really unlucky, maybe twice that time. Well, today is the 35th Sunday that we have not met in person in anything like the way we resembled. Of course, we did meet in person some Sundays in those 35, but not in anything that we would have recognized prior to the 17th of March. And so we're waiting. There is no real dawn on the horizon in terms of when we might come back to church again, though with the positive vaccine news that we've seen in the last 10 days particularly, for the first time I can say I'm slightly optimistic that it will be less rather than more. Um, but even then, probably another six months, I would think, before things are resembling normal at all, and um, perhaps even somewhat longer than that. But I think we'll be able to be in person somehow before then. We shall see. But it's not just church we're waiting for, is it? Um, I don't know about you, but I have made plans to replace the plans that I canceled that now I'm having to cancel again. The replacement plans have gotten canceled. The plan C plans have gotten canceled. The plan D plans have gotten canceled because I thought, well, you know, surely things will be better in June or in August or in November or in January. And then you get into those months and discover that, in fact, things are not better and those rescheduled plans need to be rescheduled again. So we're not just waiting for church. We're waiting for some semblance of normalcy and the goalposts keep moving. This is all deeply uncomfortable. And it's that feeling of discomfort that is the point of Advent. We are living in Advent in the pandemic even more than usual, but one theologian who I like very much, perhaps the best living Episcopal preacher, Fleming Rutledge, says that Advent is the season the church lives in all the time, even though we mark it for only four weeks a year. It's the season where we get in touch with that sense of discomfort, where we take stock of our needs and our brokenness and the needs of the whole world and its brokenness. And where in the face of those needs, we remember that God has acted decisively in history before. God has met human needs in history before, and God has promised to do it again. And Jesus came to meet human needs and still comes today to meet human needs, to meet our needs, to be with us as we wait, to be with us as we suffer, to be with us as we are frustrated. Jesus is still at work doing Jesus things, even as we wait for the kind of redemption that, as one great Advent hymn that we generally sing on this Sunday, says, 
as long as we, we continue to wait for every eye to behold him. But just because we don't, just because every eye does not, does not mean that Jesus is absent. Nonetheless, we wait between times, between our need, between the need of the world, between the, the brokenness of our world, between our own brokenness, and the hope of the promise that God has given us to make all creation new, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring healing to all that need it, to stop this stinking pandemic. So Advent is a season that seemed very appropriate for the whole year and beyond it. We'll have Adventy Christmas this year, I think. Because uh, even though we will celebrate, we will also rem remember that uh, the needs of the world and our own needs are great. And there is a promise that God will come decisively to meet those. And there is also the reality of the presence of God coming to us in mystery now. That's what I take our first reading to be about today. It's from Isaiah. Um, the people of Israel, people of Judah, really, the southern part of the kingdom of Israel, had been carried off into Babylon. They don't live in their own country anymore. They don't rule themselves. Uh, their religion is a minority. And they are waiting for God to do to Babylon what God had done to Egypt thousands of years before, for God to raise up a prophet and lead them back home. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so the mountains would quake at your presence. When you did awesome deeds, we did not expect. You came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. You're the waiting, the longing for God to do something, to make a difference in tangible lives right now. You might think that the people of Israel were trying to live a particular way, and they were trying to manipulate God into this by being good, by being moral. But the rest of the passage that Bever read for us belies that. They are aware of their own brokenness. They are not morally superior people. We have become like one who is unclean. We fade like a leaf, and all our iniquities like the wind take us away. The word unclean there, that's not ritually unclean. That doesn't have anything to do with a temple. That's diseased. The people of God are COVID positive. The people of God had the frat party that they shouldn't have had, and now we've all got it. The people of God have the disease of sin, just like people on the outside. We would be better as a church if we remembered that more often, that we and they are very similar to one another. The problem with the human condition is not those people out there, it's these people in here. And maybe those people out there too, but let's put ourselves first. Just like the people of Israel wanted to be delivered from slavery and exile, we wait to be delivered. And on the one hand, you can truthfully say that God has delivered us in Jesus, that the God who became God for us in Jesus is still with us, and yet people are still dying alone from COVID every day during this time. Even though God has defeated death in Jesus, even though God has become God for us in Jesus, our world still cries out for an end to suffering. The lack of abundant life that Jesus promises his followers is 
readily apparent for so many people and for many of us. But the danger is that we forget that we are waiting. The danger is we just start to think that this is the way things are. And that is why Jesus says so many times in today's gospel to keep awake. Remember, this isn't the way things will always be. This isn't the way things were meant to be. We are waiting from a moment for the moment when God gets what God wants. Advent is our annual reminder that we are awaiting people, that we live between the brokenness of the world, that we readily acknowledge, that we stare in the face. We don't pretend evil doesn't exist. We don't pretend brokenness doesn't exist, our own or anybody else's. We stare it in the face. We acknowledge it because we know that it will come to an end. We know that it is not the way things will always be. Because the God who became God for us in Jesus is still God for us, is still the God who gives abundant life, is still the God who works in our lives to end the ways that we unwittingly cooperate with the forces of evil and death in our own life and in the world. And just because we are waiting to return to church, waiting to return to the presence of God in a particular way in the sacrament, does not mean that God is absent from us. We may be absent from the building, God is not absent from us. We may feel absent in our minds. We may feel that Zoom church is hard and that praying is hard and we might feel disconnected from God. We might feel bothered by our doubts and our frustrations, but the God who chose to become God for us, who came down from heaven and touched the mountains so that they would smoke, is not a God who is waiting for us to come back to church to be close to, to love, to hold, to carry, in the midst of this time of waiting. And so, this Advent, may we know the presence of the God who is making all things new, and may we stay awake to the work God is doing now, to the brokenness of our world which needs healing, and may we yearn with the people of God across time and space for the return of Jesus, for that day when every eye will see him and every heart will be made new. Thanks be to God. Amen.